Hi everyone, welcome to the Candid Chats podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gonzalez, and I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Today is an exciting day because I'm officially making videos for the podcast, and I also have a YouTube channel for the podcast, and it launches today. So for those on Spotify, you guys are probably seeing a video, and you guys should definitely go follow the YouTube for the podcast. I'm super excited for what's to come and you guys know that I don't have a consistent schedule right now currently for the podcast but I'm trying to upload once a week which is not a promise but I have a lot of ideas planned out for you guys and definitely messages I want to share with you guys so definitely stay tuned for that. But without further ado let's get into today's topic and today's message The Lord has put in my heart truly because I felt like I've been seeing a lot of signs, I guess you could say, from the Lord telling me to talk about this topic. And the title for this video or episode is Living the Active Lifestyle. Not living an active lifestyle, but living the active lifestyle, which I will also get into what that means a little bit later into the episode. But yes, I'm going to be talking about my faith today. And for those who are non-believers or not very spiritual or don't have like that relationship with God, I don't want you guys to feel like you have to click off this episode just because I'm going to be talking about my faith. I feel like you guys are here for a reason and there's a reason why you're listening to this. So I definitely encourage you guys to stick around because maybe you might need this message in your life or at the point of your life right now. So what inspired me to talk about today's message was actually Instagram. I was scrolling on reels the other day and one of these reels popped up on my feed and it said following versus believing. And I was like, ooh, this is interesting. Let me keep watching. So there are like these kids talking about the difference between the two because there is a huge difference between following and believing. One of them is like the dream and the other one is the action or the work that you do in order to achieve that dream or to achieve that goal. We can dream all we want. We can plan all we want. But if we don't put work or action into it, it's not going to happen. It's just a wish. Same thing goes with our walk with God. A lot of people I see just settle for just believing instead of actually following Christ because people think that believing, that's where it ends. No, believing is the beginning. You just started the race when you start believing. Now it's time to put some action behind your faith. And the thing is, I never really thought about this topic too much because my church really encourages us to always put action into our faith. They provide us so much opportunities to step into our calling and discover our purpose. And I didn't really realize how some people don't really have that type of encouragement or that type of push from their church or from their family or from whoever supports them. So I want to be that encouragement. I want to be that push for you. If you just recently accepted Christ as your savior and you don't know what to do, I want to kind of guide you guys on like what's the next step. Like, how can you grow out of that just believing phase and step into that following phase and actually putting action behind your faith? Because we all know faith without actions is dead. So before we get into my other point, I just want to mention that I have spoken with my friends and I asked them for their opinion on the topic and I kind of wanted to get a new perspective from them on what it means for them to be living the active lifestyle So at the end of this video, I'm going to be sharing a few of their thoughts and their perspectives on what they really think about the topic and why they think living the active lifestyle is the way to go. So like I was saying, at my church, they do this prayer at the end of the Sunday service and they say, if you want to accept Christ as your savior, raise your hand. 
So the people that want to accept Christ as their savior, they raise their hand and they say this prayer, accepting Jesus in their heart. And after that, they provide them next steps to take after they accept Jesus in your heart. And for those who haven't accepted Jesus Christ in their heart, I know a lot of people I've heard that I've talked to, they're kind of discouraged to follow Jesus or to believe in Jesus in the first place because they probably have had a bad experience or they think it's all about rules, right? And my personal opinion, I think that's religion. I am not a religious person. I do not believe in religion. And this is just my personal opinion. I don't want anyone to get offended or anything like that. But I personally don't like religion. I view religion as believing man-made rules or things that man and the world has created, right? Believing in that. That, to me, is religion. What I believe is I believe in God and I believe in his word. I follow what God says. I don't follow what the world says or what man says. I follow what God says in his word. So when I hear other people say, Christianity is all about rules and they limit you and you don't have any freedom and you have to follow all these lists of things and I'm just like y'all got it all wrong that is absolutely not what following God or believing in God looks like that's what religion looks like my pastor at one of the youth nights said the other day he was like following God is not all about what you can't do It's all about what you can do. Because with God, all things are possible. With God, you are limitless. You find freedom in God. When you start following him, you find freedom. Those chains, those mistakes that you made in the past, everything that you're carrying, the Lord will set you free from all of that. Those chains will break and you will be found in him. And don't take advantage of that freedom that God gives you. Just because God gives you freedom doesn't mean that you could do whatever you want. Because when you have that mindset that you're like, oh, I could do whatever I want because I have freedom, then you're going to become consumed by your fleshly desires. And instead of using that freedom for something good, you're going to be using it for the wrongdoings. And I just want to encourage you guys to take out your Bible. Yes, right now, take out your Bible on your phone or if you have it on your desk, laying on your desk, go grab it really quickly. Can you guys turn to Galatians 5 verse 13? It says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. So right here is evidence of God's word kind of backing me up of not taking advantage of your freedom that God gives you. And instead of using it for the wrong, to use it for the good by loving one another. And it's truly sad when I hear people, you know, when you ask people, what is your thoughts on Christians? Or like, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Christians? You know what they usually say? Hypocrites the worst people out there and I'm just like that's so sad that they kind of titled this that and I kind of understand where they're coming from because I know a lot of people at the church or just believers in general they raise up their hands they say oh my gosh God is so good thank you Jesus you know they could do all of this faith Christianity stuff but they don't really have that relationship with God. And when a person doesn't really have a relationship with God, you could tell it right off the bat because of their fruits of the spirit. Are they bearing any fruit? When you analyze them and you see their actions and what they talk about and who they hang out with, you see their true character and what they're all about. And I've also heard the word judgmental. I've heard that there are churches out there that don't accept some certain people. 
and I remember I went I used to go to Lakewood this used to be like my church Lakewood and y'all probably know Joel Osteen he's a very famous pastor and I remember he told us like a story in the beginning of his sermon or his message and it was about this homeless lady she did not have a lot of clothes she probably hasn't showered in weeks she was wearing like shoes with holes in them and she probably didn't even have socks on but she was willing to go to church and she wanted to go to church she sat down she listened to the message she felt very encouraged and she was a little bit more curious to learn more about god and at the end of the service the pastor comes up to her and he tells her ma'am when you're in the house of god you can't wear things like that there's a dress code you have to go by when you come back for another service i need you to come with clean clothes and looking appropriate for church. She came back the next Sunday. She wore the exact same thing, and the pastor told her the same thing. Next service, she comes exactly the same, and the pastor comes up to her, and he's like, why aren't you listening to me? And the homeless lady said, Jesus doesn't care how I look. Jesus doesn't care how I dress. He just wants me, and if the church doesn't accept how I dress, how I look, jesus is not in your church mic drop and it's so true because the church is a hospital for the broken it's not a room for all these perfect people the lord is close to the brokenhearted and when he had his disciples in the bible how many of y'all know that those disciples were sinners jesus hanged out with sinners when everybody else was afraid of sinners and they didn't want to get near them because they were dirty and unclean jesus was like bring them to me those are the people i want to hang out with and if today you're feeling like god doesn't want you because of your past mistakes it's not true god wants you he loves you and he calls you his and as believers we should be portraying the character of jesus christ because we are striving to become more like him every single day instead of judging other people instead of shaming other people we should be praying for them for example if a believer is judgeful or they're being a hypocrite and they're shaming other people you're going to be thinking as a non-believer if you put yourself in the non-believer's shoes you're going to be thinking i don't want what they have they have so much hatred in their heart for other people just because they're not perfect or because they're not up to their standards see if i was treated that way i would not want what they have i would be like no i don't want to follow god because who you follow is who you become who you surround yourself with is who you become so if they're following god and they're like this i don't want to become like that that's what i'm thinking as a non-believer if i see that that's why us as believers we should be loving one another serving one another and just spreading god's word because he is the way the truth and the life people are settling for just believing god instead of getting to actually know him and actually following him and stepping into their calling that god has called them following god is a race when you believe you're starting when you stop at believing you're sitting on the bench and when you're on the side and when you just stay as a believer that means you're stuck and you're not moving anywhere you're not going anywhere and that's why maybe you're asking yourself you're like i followed god and nothing's happening in my life nothing's changing i'm the same i'm doing the same habits i'm falling into sin i'm not growing and the reason why you're not growing is because you're staying stuck in that cycle and you're not getting out of that comfort zone and being willing to change and to step out of it and start running that race so don't stop at just believing and you don't need to be a perfect person to believe like i said god wants all of you no matter what you carry he wants you to bring it all to him we're all like clay 
when we start following god god is going to mold us into this new creation because if everyone was perfect god has nothing to work with just because we accept christ as our savior doesn't mean that it's going to be sunshines and rainbows and unicorns when we accept christ as our savior we have everything that we came in with it's not gonna go all the way overnight it's a process and also consistency is so important when it comes to following god because you can't just expect to go to church once a month and expect a huge change on your life for example if you're a dehydrated person and the only liquid you drink throughout the week is one water bottle once a week your body will still be dehydrated because you're not drinking water consistently. You're not fueling your body with what it needs. It's something temporary and it does not last long. And that's why people don't see results is because they're not consistent with it. And they're not consistent with reading God's word or praying every day or building that relationship with God. And that right there is called Sunday faith. People think that, oh yeah, they go to church every Sundays and they think that that's enough for them. That's one thing off their checklist. They're like, oh, okay, Jesus, I did my part. I went to church. I worshiped. I prayed. That's it. Next day, they're partying. They're drinking. They're doing whatever they want. That right there is called living a two-sided life and not being fully in with God. That's being half in and half out. It's like, okay, I'll believe in God on Sundays and then Monday through Saturday, I'm just going to give in to my fleshly desires and do whatever I want and be a part of the world. And it's usually those people that expect something to happen, to expect a move from God in their life. They expect for God to just change their whole life just because they went on Sunday. Oh my gosh. See, what they don't realize is drinking water on Sunday only once a week will not provide for Monday and Saturday. They will attempt to live off something similar to water but it's not the same and it won't give them the same result or the same hydration that water gives you they will try to fill that empty void by running to worldly things instead of running to jesus and that empty void is filled up for one day and it drains out the next god will make you whole you can run to other things that you think will make you whole but it's only a moment with god it's eternity that's the difference because following god is not a checklist following god is a lifestyle he doesn't want a sunday faith he wants a relationship with you and when you have a relationship with another person who knows that to have a relationship you have to get to know them you have to want to get to know them build that relationship and make it stronger and for those who have a best friend how many of you guys know that to become best friends you have to spend a lot of time with that person you enjoy spending time with them and they make you a better person they encourage you to do new things to do the right things they're truly happy for you and just want the best and they're always there for you that's what a best friend is and that's what jesus is to us he's our best friend i'm going to be reading matthew 4 verse 18 while walking by the sea of galilee he saw two brothers simon who is called peter and andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them follow me and i will make you fishers of men immediately they left their nets and followed him this is a perfect example of god using us when we follow him he has so much great plans for us and he's guiding us on that correct path and where to go. When you start following God, God starts to use you. I want to read you guys another story which is found in Matthew 9 verse 35. It says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction. 
when he saw the crowds he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest this right here is such a powerful story because it's saying jesus is preaching the gospel he's sharing the good news and healing people he's performing miracles see Jesus' love when people see that they're attracted to it people are so attracted to his goodness and us as believers we are christ's disciples and he's telling us that the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few and we are supposed to be the laborers and we are supposed to gather more laborers into his harvest there's a lot of work to be done and we can't just be sitting on the sidelines doing nothing we got to start running this race and staying outside of our comfort zone there's a lot of sheep that are lost and it's our job to guide them and lead them into our herd so we can follow the shepherd which is jesus so i just want to let you know that god is knocking on your door he is sending you all the invitations that he can and he wants to know you. He wants that relationship. And it's just up to you to open that door. God gives you a choice to either open the door or leave the door closed and never know what could have been if you would have just opened the door. He's sending you an invite. And this kind of reminds me of Harry Potter. For those who are Harry Potter fans or have seen any of the movies or have read any of the books, in the first movie or in the first book, Hogwarts, which is a wizard school, is trying to reach out to Harry Potter. First of all, let me just give you a little background story on Harry Potter. His parents died, but his parents were wizards. So when his parents died, his aunt and his uncle took him in, but they treated him so badly. And the aunt and the uncle had a son, which is Harry Potter's cousin, and he was treated like a king. He was literally so spoiled. He was a spoiled brat. And Harry Potter was treated so badly that he had to sleep under the stairs. Like, he didn't even have a room. So when Hogwarts was trying to reach out to Harry Potter, they sent him a letter. And the uncle looked at it and he knew it was something good for Harry Potter. So he tried to get rid of it because he did not want Harry Potter to see the good. Now, the uncle in this story kind of represented the devil. The devil does not want anything good in your life. He wants to put all these lies in your thoughts and he wants to tempt you to take the wrong path. Hogwarts or Dumbledore, which is kind of like the principal of the school, is like the representation of Jesus. And Harry Potter is us. So when the uncle got rid of the invitation, Hogwarts knew because Hogwarts is a wizard school. They have a lot of power, they have magic, they have all these things. While the uncle was a normal human being with the wrong intentions and doing the wrong things. So Hogwarts just keeps sending letters after letters after letters until one day they flood the house full with all these letters. Harry Potter grew very curious about this school and wanted to learn more. And he grabbed one of the letters, he opened it up, and he saw the invite to go to the Hogwarts school because the Hogwarts school really wanted him. They wanted him to study at the school. And Harry Potter did not want to stay stuck living at that house for years. No, Harry Potter wanted change. He wanted to grow. He wanted to reach his full potential. He wanted to discover his purpose. He was curious and he was willing. So he accepted the invitation and he went to the Hogwarts school and his life was changed. What would have happened if Harry Potter never accepted the invitation? You know what's crazy though? My school banned Harry Potter like the harry potter books like anything harry potter related they banned it from my school a while back i think it's still banned but i'm not too sure but i remember i brought a harry potter book and they're like i'm sorry you cannot bring that in the school harry potter's banned you can't talk about it whatever whatever and if you guys don't know i am a high school senior i attend a private christian private school so they're very strict about that because i had like witchcraft and all that stuff obviously as a kid 
I didn't believe in magic. I just thought it was cool and I thought it was fun, but obviously I didn't believe it. I didn't think it was real. Nor did I entertain it by practicing all that stuff. Absolutely not. But look now, little me was learning something, learning something spiritual from a Harry Potter movie. So if you guys are ready to accept the invitation, I kind of have like these three steps that I wrote out. Number one is to open the invitation. Come with a soft heart. Don't come with a hard heart when you come to God. A stone can't absorb anything like a sponge does. So come with a soft heart, just ready to receive what the Lord has for you. Number two, make room. Make room for God in your life. For example, when your phone says you have no more storage, you have to delete some old pictures, delete some old apps, delete some old text messages, and get rid of a lot of stuff for new things to come in, for new photos to be entered. It's the same thing with us. We have to get rid of those old ways, those old habits, those old things that we used to do and just leave them in the past because you have to remove some things in order to make room for God. Number three, live the active lifestyle get involved in your local church surround yourself with people who are like-minded who will encourage you and push you closer to christ pray for your friends serve one another you know how instagram when you see someone using instagram they have like that green active status circle so when you're using instagram obviously like you're scrolling you're liking posts you're reposting you're sharing with people right you're using instagram now, let's say you come up to me and you're like, hey, Samantha, do you have Instagram? I'm like, yeah, I have Instagram. I just don't use it. You're probably like, then why have it if you don't use it? And that's the same thing with your faith. Why have faith if you're not going to use it? So now it is time where I'm going to be reading some of my friends' thoughts and perspectives on the topic. And let's just say they have a really good message and a really good word. So first, I'm going to go with my amazing friend, Christina. She wrote this. As believers, we need to have faith and trust in what God has for us. A lot of people want a relationship with God, but they don't want to spend more than one day doing the work and discipline it takes to get there. Ooh, that is good. You can't live off of someone else's faith or relationship. You have to build your relationship with God by spending time with him. One day those people are going to leave and you won't have anyone to live your faith through. To grow into the person God created you to be, you need to spend time with him and you can't do that if you're living on Sunday faith. Sunday faith is like a one-day thing that people do, but one day a week, faith ain't sustainable for the rest of the week. You need everyday faith and everyday discipline to sustain you. You may think you can go without God or his word some days, but trust me, you cannot live a life without God. Once you know who you truly are in Christ, what the devil says or does won't matter to you. What would matter is what God says about you. You can't do this without spending time with God. I saw this video and it talks about how we created a fake Jesus. The man in the video calls him Jehovah Genie, where all Jesus does is come on Sunday to cuddle you. You act as if you rub the Bible, you get three wishes. You don't call on him until something bad happens. This should not be the relationship we have with Jesus. God is not a genie. He is our heavenly father who created the heavens and the earth. He created you in his perfect image and he formed you from dust and dirt and made you into a child of the live and most high God. His one and only son died on the cross and all some of us do is call on him Sunday and wonder why our life is the way it is. When we aren't even giving God the room to work in and through our life. And that is so true and I've been guilty of this as well. How sometimes we only call God when we need something or when something bad is happening. Like, I remember in quarantine, I heard a lot of people turn to God, and there was more believers, which I think is so amazing. 
But does it really take quarantine or a pandemic or a midlife crisis for you to come to Christ? That's just kind of sad to me. Okay, next I have my friend Caroline and she wrote, in Leadership Academy, which is at my church, they have like this Leadership Academy. We were taught that as leaders, we need to spiritual eat Monday through Saturday. So that way on Sunday, we can feed others. You can't only eat one day of the week and expect to have a healthy life. Everyone is on a different spiritual journey, and I think it's important to remember that. In the beginning, it may seem like a checklist, but as you grow your relationship with God, it will become natural. It will become a lifestyle. That's so true. You have to eat Monday through Saturday in order to feed others. We have to have that relationship with God, and we have to have that active lifestyle so that we can share our experiences with other people and encourage them as well to become a laborer in God's big harvest. Next is my lovely friend Kat, and she said, a question I ask myself constantly is, when they see me, do they see Jesus? Not just in church, but anywhere in my life. Is it obvious that I'm a follower of Christ? I think a lot of time we take the title of Christian and claim to be devoted to Christ because it's something that makes us sound good. We want people to know our lives are on track and we're doing the right thing. We go to church and get involved with serving and have biblical conversation with adults on how the Lord is changing our lives. We lift our hands in worship and claim, this song speaks to me, it's so powerful. But as soon as you're in the confinements of your vehicle, you're blasting questionable music and you're singing right along with it. You're willing to serve in a church setting, but aren't willing to serve your own family. You hang out with friends and never even mention anything about Jesus. But it's okay, right? You still pass as a good Christian because you've done your good deed of the week. The main problem here is that we make it all about us. Instead of pointing the spotlight on Christ and how amazing he is, it's brought back to, it's brought back to, how does this make me look? Once I had a friend tell me, well, the Bible already says that no one can be perfect. I'm a Christian, so I know I'm going to heaven anyway. I can do whatever I want now. Even though we're covered by God's grace, that doesn't mean that we should go and act however we please. God wants a genuine and personal relationship with us. He wants us to want him because we love him, not because of how it makes others see us. Now, this is so good because sometimes we're like, okay, we are covered in God's grace, right? So it's okay if I sin today. God will forgive me. It's okay if I sin tomorrow. God will forgive me. Now, is that really a relationship or is that just using God to your advantage? Jesus is not this aesthetic. Jesus is not this crown to make you look good. He's the one on the throne. He's the one that should be glorified. He's the one working through us, transforming our lives, performing signs and miracles. He's the one that deserves the praise, not us. We don't deserve anything. So I love how she pointed out, like, we try to make it all about us when it's really not all about us. It's about him. And that's a really good question to ask yourself. When people see me, do they see Christ? She also provided two steps on how to avoid becoming a Sunday Christian. Number one is to surround yourself with the right people. Those who you hang out with will influence your actions and decisions the most. Choose to be with life-giving friends that will encourage you to grow closer to God and will keep you accountable with your actions. It's like that saying, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Number two, pursue an intimate relationship with God. Don't just leave church and never pick up your Bible up again until you go to church the next week. Make it a priority to know God on a more personal level. Have a quiet time planned every day. We need that personal time to grow closer to him. You can't just automatically have a close friendship with someone. You have to work for it and talk with them to get to know them more. 
It's the same with God. Amen to that. That was so, so good. And last but definitely not least, my friend Ashley. I think it's important for us to acknowledge that we cannot get fed one day out of the week and expect it to fulfill our souls. Building a relationship with God is something we choose to do every day. And while sometimes it might feel as if our relationship isn't growing or getting somewhere, it is not true. Our relationship with God is a process. It's not something you are given, but rather something you are choosing to receive with open arms every day. Once you allow God the authority to come into your life, He will start to move in ways you've never seen before, and you'll begin to start feeling fulfilled. That void you once felt, it will start to fill up. What we focus on, we will become full of. In this case, actively focusing on God will help us become full of Him, which will in turn give us the strength to walk in holiness in the midst of situations we find ourselves in. By making God the foundation of our lives, we will not be shaken. Our lives don't get easier, but God makes a way for it all. Matthew 7 verses 24 through 27 sticks out to me because it says, Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. This just comes to show that while yes, we will still go through things, we will never be overcome by them because God is our foundation. And when God is the one who's keeping us together, nothing and nobody can tear us apart. Wow. Literally, facts. The truth. The world is such a shaky foundation, you can stumble or can just completely just fall apart. But with God, He's the firm foundation and definitely someone you could lean on and trust in. I just want to say thank you to all my friends who sent their perspective on the topic and join in on the conversation. Truly grateful for each and every one of you guys and so glad I have you guys in my life. That is all for today's message. I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope that one of these messages has encouraged you guys or spoke to you in any way. Have a wonderful rest of your day and stay tuned for another episode.